What's up, everybody? Fan Morning Show, Brent and Daniele here with you again. All is right in the world. We got some football last night. The Blue Jays were nice enough to clear out for that. We got a big Blue Jays series starting up tonight against the O's. But way more importantly than that, that <laughs> any of you, the thing we all care about most in this world, I have taken my rightful place back in the high chair in the studio. The Ailish seat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I don't know if you feel like you gave it to me or I took it from you or our boss came in and laid down the line and said, Gunner gets his seat back. I don't know how it happened. I'm just thrilled we're here. I feel much more comfortable starting the show today. How you doing, Daniele? I'm okay. I'm a man that makes concessions. And mm. for you, Gunner, I will make every concession. Wow. I have no problem with making way for you. That that I will give you. I am a Other cons- individuals. Okay. Yeah. okay. But you, sure. I am somebody who makes a lot of concessions, so it's nice to have somebody making a concession to me. I am the king of like, no, 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 please, please, after you. no. Oh, you're coming? Let me hold this door for you awkwardly. And now you have to get a little jog going. So I'm very happy to have someone concede something to me. Uh, Hey, we're here. It's Tuesday. As I said, massive, massive series starts up tonight. We did get a little football last night. Oh, one other thing I had to, to add to my all is right in the world again rant. The New York Knicks and chicanery, there's something going on there. We'll talk about that as well. The uh, the lawsuit involving MLSE, uh, we did not get one today, but in a, in a summer time where we're always searching for guests, it's like phone might be ringing a legal guy if this story gets any more legs on that's, it. And I know the wheels were turning for you. No, that's very true. Uh, also, I just... It's great. Like Darko's been on the job for what three, four months, six days, and yeah. here he is. He's already in the just named... in the midst, in right in the storm, <laughs> right in the heart of a storm here, and dealing with this stuff. It's it's uh it's interesting. It's fascinating. A we'll named, talk about that later. Of a course. named plaintiff oh, yeah. in the oh. lawsuit. Yes, yeah. yeah. We'll give you the details there. Uh, long story short. Uh, Seems like, according to the Knicks, anyways, the Raptors hired a mole within their organization, and uh, he did some mole stuff, is what they're they're claiming there. That's the really, really Cole's Notes version of it. Uh, we did get football last night. Quickly mm-hmm. on that, were you excited? You're you're Mister. I'd watch you. Yeah. You love football so much, you couldn't think of a team that you would deem like a bad football team to watch. You're like I would watch. I just love them all. Like you could not come up with a bad matchup. So I hope you were uh, you were just basking in preseason football. Oh, I did. Night. I did. I did indulge. And I will say, if you want some real preseason takes, which I mean, we don't have to. But but Sam Howell looks like a guy. Mm. He looks great. I like I like what I see there. Uh, I am a full. I wrote this down. I'm a full Commanders guy now. I'm ready. I'm ready to buy in on the Washington <laughs> Commanders. And did Andrew work on converting you? The guy who was filling uh, in for Santos for a couple weeks. there. So a little bit, okay. a little bit. I am full blown. And I actually ran into him yesterday after we finished. And I was like, you know what? And I told him, Andrew, I'm with you now. Okay. We are one. We are on this journey together. And uh, sure enough, what did they do last night? They snap what might be the greatest streak in all of sports history. The 24-game win streak, preseason win streak for the Baltimore Ravens that dates back to 2015, which is three years before they even drafted Lamar Jackson. Crazy. Yeah, that, it's that pretty interesting. That streak is nuts. The idea, like, the idea that you could not care about winning a game and win that many in a row. And look, I know the coaches are trying to win at any given time, but you understand what I'm saying? Like the guys who are out there, you're not changing it up because of performance. You need to see what you need to see in those preseason games. So yeah, it's a uh, remarkable streak. Good on the commanders there. I will say, and I've made this point before in a world where 
all rebrands stink. Like every single time a team gets rebranded, you're like, yeah, it's not quite like even the Brooklyn Nets. It's pretty cool, but they botched it at the start. They had like a knight as their mascot and everything. <laughs> like they all kind of stink at the beginning. Commanders is starting to hit for me. It really oh, helps that they it really helps that they just kept all the colors and everything. Although football team was a great name. It was. It was. I, I you know what? I could I was definitely on board with football team, but the the uniforms are wicked for the commanders. Awesome. Love them. I was looking at them yesterday and in the prime time, the under the lights, I'm like, yeah. Well, and, and everything plays mean. everything plays well off of the Ravens jerseys too. Like that's it's true. a great color matchup there. Yeah. No, no, that's true. And this team, this this commanders team franchise has a knack for ending streaks. If they you do. remember. And this was brought to my attention actually by Andrew and I will give him credit. <laughs> Last year and I because I, I brought this up, I'm like, yeah, well you know what? Who is the only team to beat Jalen Hurts? Yep. In the regular season last year, the Washington Commanders. That's right. The, and then Andrew's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't cheat my Commanders. <laughs> Two years ago, who ended the Pittsburgh Steelers being 11 and 0? Yep. Was it last year? I, yeah, I mean, two years ago. Two years ago with B- Big Ben. It was the Washington Commanders. This team has a knack for doing this stuff for some reason. Well, no, I'll say, like, Chase Young, having him back healthy, he is just one of those guys, like, you know, I think the simplest way for a lot of people to watch any sport really is just look at a guy and does he pop? Like when you're watching it without training your eye to this player, does he just jump out at you and things he does? And Chase Young is for a defensive player to stand out in the way he does. It's uh, it's incredible. And yeah, so I'm uh, I'm happy they're turning things around there. I'm happy Snyder's out. I'm happy they got rid of their dumb name. Like it's perfect. The last thing, the part, and this was maybe the greatest highlight of last night. Never mind the result and they end the streak. It was the greatest <laughs> highlight, and it was circulating on social media oh, too. Yeah, Josh Harris. He's the most likable guy possible for a billionaire. But this guy, there is not a hand he will not shake. He is he was in like the booth. Caressing oh Joe my Buck's hand. Goodness. He was giving him a hand massage. Joe Buck is just like, you know, he's getting animated in the booth. And here all of a sudden, Josh Harris is like, hand, boom, shake it. Let's do it. It was it was incredible. And also for a guy that's a billionaire. I mean, jeans and a polo. Incredible. He like, he could walk right in here and would be the most unassuming individual in the world. We would not know he is. Yeah. The, and then this. he would, then he would give me 50 grand and hunt me for sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this indecently wealthy human being, but that was another highlight. I'm watching, listening to him in the booth. I'm like, Oh Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this guy. I like this guy. Well, it's so funny coming off the back of of Snyder, who feels like he was born with hair gel in a three piece suit. It's like <laughs> just seems so kind of smarmy, and it's like, look, I'm not going to sit here and uh, you know tell you that this billionaire is so great, but it's like it does come across night and day compared totally. to uh, what you have with Snyder there. And obviously, uh, you know, a, a lot to get on in the NFL. We'll talk to Lackenfor about that at at eight thirty. But like we said, massive. Massive week for the Jays. We're going to say that every week between now and uh, October when the playoffs actually start. I'm I'm pretty sure. But this one is a biggie. This is your last chance Mm -hmm. against Baltimore. And, you know, you need the the wins because you need the wins. I mean, quick little check-in on what happened elsewhere in the wild card last night. Uh, Mariners, they they decided to give everybody (laughs) in baseball a breather. They're like, you know what? Julio Rodriguez has just been terrorizing teams. He has a hit streak going. We'll give him a day off anyways. Kind of wild. I know it's only eight games, but maybe let him just keep his hit streak going. Uh, 14-2 winners, even without him. Now it is the lowly White Sox. Uh, the Astros, now they helped you and they hurt you. 9-4 win over Boston, so it gives you some breathing room of the team chasing you, but 
makes it a little harder to catch. Houston, obviously, Rays off. They've been off since Saturday. Uh, they start a series with the Rockies today. So pretty gettable uh, there as far as uh, what Tampa's got ahead of them. But Tampa's been scuffling. In in terms of where you're at, so the Jays, they lose a half game on the M's last night. They're now full game out there. That's why this one's huge. You need this. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess the thing I ask you is, do they need it more and I know the answer is yes, they need to just win the games, <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. Do they need it more because they need to go take two or three to keep themselves afloat in the wild card race? Or do they need to, do they need this series to prove that they are not already getting big brothered by the team that's supposed to be little brother in the, in the AL East. Love that you brought that up because that's what I, I, I kept trying to wrap my head around that specific point yesterday. And I think it's a, it's a really important point to emphasize this is important for more than just what it means in the standings. Because the last time these two teams played in a four-game series earlier this month, which actually feels like a bit longer than that, mm-hmm. the, the the Orioles absolutely ragged all the Blue Jays. Yep. They took them out to the woodshed. They outscored them 24 to 10, and they beat them three out of four times here at Rogers Center, okay? So the fact that they're 2-8 and eight against Baltimore this year, I think with a— and with a minus 29 run differential in those 10 games, that is, that's absurd. It's it's about making the Orioles feel like the little brother here and there again. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta put your you gotta put your stamp on this, and you gotta show because if it felt like certainly especially with that last series that we saw these two teams play that the Orioles had clearly moved surpassed the Blue Jays, usurped them in terms of never mind just the interim and where things stand right now for the 2023 season, but long term it felt like they're in a much better and more advantageous position than the Toronto Blue Jays. It's important. It's imperative. Of course, you're trying to, you know, make the playoffs and make ground up in the wild card. And now you're on level pegging in terms of games played with with Seattle. But just from an overall more morale standpoint, God, you really desperately need to have a good series against Baltimore. You cannot. It would be so deflating if you lose two of three or if you get swept against a team that coming into the year was, yeah, they were considered a threat. But they've ascended so quickly that now they've literally just leapfrogged you in every way, shape imaginable. And this is a year where the other teams, the traditional powers in the division, are not what they're supposed to be. You need some confidence. You need to generate some positivity by winning a couple games in this series. I think it's pivotal. It's funny. I know everyone's going to roll their eyes, but I'm just thinking of the Leafs and Jays parallels here. And it's like, this is almost what we think next season could be in the Atlantic division, where it's like maybe Boston and Tampa fall off a little bit. And then one of these underlings actually shows up and proves some promise. Like the O's have done this so quickly ahead of schedule again. I mean, look at all those teams in the bottom of the, I know a different sport, but in the Atlantic division where we said, ah, they got talent, they're building, they're building. And it's never come to fruition yet. The O's have done it at lightning speed. The other part of this as well, why I think you need to look at the, you, the reason why the results, obviously again, wildcard implications, but you need to prove you can hang with these guys and you not hang. You need to prove you can beat them. And the other thing is, is that I know the team wouldn't say if let's say they had, Bassett, Ryu, and Manoa lined up. Let's say that's what it was. They wouldn't say, well, we got no chance, but you could at least tell yourself, well, we didn't have our A starters in there. It's the way it shook out. We're not going to rejig it for this series, but you got Kikuchi, Gosman, and Barrios. We just did this yesterday yep. with show. Those are your wildcard starters right now. Chris Bassett, I will still give him the opportunity to go lights out for a month and change here and force his way back in there, but until that happens, I don't think it's going to, those are your three wild card starters. 
those are the guys you're going to be leaning on if you want to make a playoff run. And I know it's not the order you'd want. I don't know. Maybe it is with Kikuchi the way he's been going. <laughs> but that is the other part of it. And from Baltimore's perspective, they got Grayson Rodriguez going tonight who gave him a fine outing in the 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 uh, the start he made in Toronto. Yep. Jack Flaherty was nails mm-hmm. in that first start for the O's. Now, obviously, he's a little more hit or miss, a little more helter-skelter, but that's a solid arm they're throwing at you. And then Dean Kramer's been pretty good this year as well. So this is a, like, the pitching matchup sits up well in terms of a best-on-best iron sharpens iron thing. And that's why I think, again, it's just so imperative that it's setting up too well for you. Bo's back even. You couldn't say, nah, well, Bo's still out. It's a different team without him. For sure it is. But guess what? He's back and it's not even, well, he's just getting, no, he just went three for 10 in his two games back. (laughs) He hit a bomb on Sunday. He's back. So there's just no excuses you can make the way it's like, it's on the road in Baltimore. Well, guess what? You just had a four game set a month ago to do it here and you couldn't. So there are just, this is why it is so massive because there are no excuses. And of course the team would never make them. They would never come out and say, well, what do you expect? We got Manoa on the bump or whatever it is. But that's why this series has to, has to look so much different than it did the last time. No, that's a great point. They have their horses going uh, in terms of the guys that are going to be starting the game on the mound. It's their best three guys. And to lose a series, if you if it happens to be that they lose a series, it's incredibly deflating. The other thing that I keep circling back to, and, and I feel like it was the that four-game set at home that really sort of started to reinforce this a little bit, is where they are in their competitive window. Because mm-hmm. it felt like, as you correctly pointed out, that the Blue Jays would be further ahead in their timeline than the Baltimore Orioles. And now, all of a sudden, the Baltimore Orioles seem like they're in a much better position to contend for a championship than the Toronto Blue Jays might be. And part of that is, quite frankly, that they have just so much more flexibility to actually improve the roster even beyond this year. Like, mm-hmm. they have the room and the ability to, you know, well, I mean, if you ask John Angelos, maybe not. Right. But but that being said, they do have the financial flexibility to add players because a lot of their core guys are still super young and it's haven't like having been paid a, It's like having a rookie, a QB on a rookie deal. It's exactly, exactly like that. It's, it's, and this is where, weirdly, there's a lot of parallels even between the Leafs and the, and the Blue Jays in terms of where they're at mm-hmm. in their build and how the Blue Jays are almost in danger of entering that territory where the Toronto Maple Leafs are. But Baltimore, given the farm system, given the resources that they currently have, you're sitting there thinking, my goodness, has the window closed before it ever really fully opened for the Toronto Blue Jays? And they haven't won a playoff game yet during this era where they've had Bo, Vlad, this collection of talent, and they've gone out and they've spent the money. They've gone out and have invested. They've put forth the resources. They've made trades. They've signed guys. And they haven't won a playoff game yet. That's why I think it's all the more important to actually show that you are now, I don't want to say even in that same class because I think you they technically on paper could should be in that same class, but to actually put the wins on the board when they've struggled so mightily against that one opponent, the Baltimore Orioles routinely this year, it is meaningful. It does mean something because it gives you confidence. If they do somehow see them again in the postseason, for example, then now you can lean on, okay, well, we've been here and we've beaten these guys and their pitching's not that great, et cetera, et cetera as opposed to leaving that bitter taste in your mouth like it would have been, let's say, if they would have wrapped up their season series in the four games earlier this month here at Rogers Center. Yeah, and I I, I want to be clear about this. Like, a lot of people were pouring dirt on the Jays in terms of at least where these two teams or how these two teams stack up after the last, the last series. And the one pushback I will have to that is however you feel 
about the Orioles position players and listing them. And if you did a position player yeah. draft, it's like, okay, Bo goes first, but then it's like, you got Rutschman, you got Henry. Like, there's a lot of guys that are ripping off that board as always, but it comes back to the pitching for me. Jack Flaherty was a really nice ad for them. And Grayson Rodriguez has been okay. But Jack Flaherty's Chris Bassett on this staff, quite honestly, with what he's given you this year. So that's their ace now. And he would be yep. your four starter. So I think you just, or maybe five, honestly, because Bassett has pitched better than mm-hmm. Flaherty has at certain points in times this year. So I think that that is why this this time around is so important. Because if you're a better team than the Orioles this year, it is because of those three guys that are going. And if you want to throw the depth of Bassett in there as well, and the pen for sure, I'm not taking that. The other part of this as well, and it's funny, we had so many conversations, and this is for everybody out there who's calling you a Daniele Downer on the text line yesterday, I'll, I'll, I'll perk you up, is we look at Batista as this unhittable reliever, and I know he's got hit a bit. Cano, same exact thing. Some teams just own guys. And once you own a reliever as a team in a ballpark, however you want to look at it, it's really hard to snap out of that. You need like two or three nails, lights out outings from those guys. And Batista and Cano get hit, especially Cano. He gets yeah, hit he does. every time they bring him in against the Jays. So I think that, that that is the recipe for this series to turn around. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's going to be the Jays out slugging the Orioles at Camden Yards. That is almost certainly not going to happen. But with the pitching they have lined up and with the bullpen they have and with the way they can hit the Orioles high leverage stuff, there is still very much a roadmap for them to, to win this series. And that is why, again, it just has to look so much different than it did uh, the last time they were here a month ago. On balance, the Jays have a better bullpen, like bar none. Not even just close. the overall depth beyond beyond Batista and and Cano. After that, the Jays are just like I mean, you, oh, you're got, riddling they, off they, everybody they went and in the Jays the, pen. The uh, I'm trying to think. The O's grabbed that guy out of out of Oakland. He's like oh. a kind of slop tosser. <laughs> he got lit up right no, away. No, well, he's not a slop tosser, but Shintaro Fujinami. Yeah. But yes, I was at that game where he uh, plunked a couple guys and yeah. came in relief, and I, it was just like, uh, thank you, Brandon Hyde, for yeah. handing them a win because that's that was almost written in the stars. Well, that is the that is the thing where again, it's like if I think you're a Jays fan and you're picturing like how does this go. You picture your, like, honestly, obviously, you'd rather the Jays just be leading, of course. But mm-hmm. if they're down a run or two late, and it's like, okay, Cano and Batista are coming in. And again, like, they hit that guy well, that it is such a weird feeling. I know we've all had this watching playoff baseball games, especially when you've got a feel for the team you're going against, where it's like, yes, please. Oh, my God, that reliever's getting up. Get him in the game quicker. <laughs> can we call a timeout so he can just have some more time to warm up so he can get in here quicker? And Cano is that guy. And I don't think you can overstate what it means to have that mental edge over mm-hmm. a team's kind of late inning guys. And you need to get there. The game needs to be close enough for it to matter. And it wasn't when they were here last time. But that's the, th- that's the thing I keep coming back to. I have one request for this series. Oh. One request. Can Ryan Mountcastle not just absolutely torment the Blue Jays. He had 11 hits in the four games so in, if during memory, that early August series. If memory serves me correct, he is not the the Jays killer he is here at home. Oh, that's a good I, mean, I, I don't. I don't know. It, this but. is totally anecdotal, but I feel like every bomb I've seen Ryan Mountcastle hit off of the Jays has come at, at Rogers center. It really feels that way. Maybe it's just because he goes yard every time he's here, <laughs> but I, I, it feels like he is a much scarier person in Rogers center than he would be in theory at, at Camden uh, yards park. It's yards. funny that for a guy that 
Harley will will make the occasional visit here. He probably uh, feels better than most Jays hitters at that home ballpark. Uh, it is. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I know. Like, we crazy. all make the joke about it, but in all seriousness, at some point in time before he's old and decrepit, they're going to have to try to like. If he's ever a free agent, you have to kick tires oh, on the guy. Yeah, it's come like on. He owns your park. How could you not? So yeah, I, that would be. I would very much like to see Mountcastle not because a uh, little preview for the Wake and Rake. I haven't looked at it yet, but every time Ryan Mountcastle plays the Jays, I take over one and a half bases because somehow that's what it's set at, and that just seems like a a he's very an extra very good base luck. hit machine against them. Just ripping doubles, yeah. ripping bombs. Yeah, God, he kills them. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He kills them. <laughs> well, okay. Here's a here's a good way yeah, to, yeah, to sure. switch the topic. Or kind of. When was the last time Vladdy looked like that against oh, a particular team? Oh, it's been a while. Right? Okay, you know what? Actually, I do want to make this point because I've I've made it before. And you know what? I Yes, I, 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 we had a lot of people say, oh, well, you're such a dude. I was so negative yesterday about him. And I was like, I, I actually don't think I was negative. I think there was just an element of being realistic and also kind of painting the, the appropriate picture for what, he has been mm-hmm. and I can still feel optimistic and, and hopeful because there's a lot of talent there. It's, it's just undeniable how talented he is. There are things he can do at the plate as mechanically flawed and, and approach flawed as he is. There are things he does that other guys can't do. Mm-hmm. That's why you're so just frustrated sometimes is because you see it on display and you want him to put it together. There are days where I, I Boba can go all for four today mm-hmm. I would still have just as much confidence he could go four for four tomorrow. When is the last time we've had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. go four for five in a game, three for four, have a big day? And, or or what is your, when you see him struggling on the, on the same spectrum as I just laid out, mm-hmm. where he's 0 for three today, or if he has a bad at-bat to start his game, you're just like, yep, this might not be his day. Yeah. Whereas I never get that feeling with Bobachet as an example. I just don't. Vlad, for whatever reason, it just feels like when have we seen this a little bit, this modicum of success where we've had a stretch of two, three, four games in a row where he's just been like multi-hit game, multi-hit game, multi-hit game, monster game. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't it hasn't been there for him, which is, which is I think, a really concerning thing. It hasn't been there for him for two years. Yeah. That's just a reality. I'm looking, I'm just scrolling through the game log here now. The last time he had game successive games games with multiple hits was against Oakland, and that was in July. He had three straight games with two hits, uh, and then then he kind of went cold after after that. I'm looking for a three-hit game in here. I don't see one. It's possible he had one that I'm, I'm missing. Uh, yeah, he did have three hits all the way back in June right? against so, the Brewers. So it's not just it, there's something to it. And that was followed up by Ofer days, and, and <laughs> it was in front of an Ofer day. So there's there something. Go. I think there's something to that. I really do believe that. And and in striking fear into your opponents. You have to be able, like teams have to know that you're capable of doing that. And it's not, you're, they're not always going to be pretty, right? If you're going to go three for four on any given day, it's not, they're not necessarily all going to be doubles or, yep. or extra base hits or a homer, right? But he just hasn't had those games. He hasn't. Remember, I remember it was, and I, please forgive me. Yep. I don't recall the season. You remember when he had two homers off of Garrett Cole at Yankee Stadium? I do remember Stadium? this, yeah. My God, I was, I was so elect. That night was mm-hmm. electric seeing the way he turned on the fastball, yep. how locked in he was at the plate. And you're thinking, Oh my God, no, there's no hitter in baseball that can do this. And how many multi-homer games has he had since that might've been his own. I honestly, been, honestly, I don't know. That might've been the last yep. one, right? 
Yeah, I look at, again, I'm just pulling up his game log here. And the last time, here's the run you're looking for. And obviously, this is an incredible run. Yes. Julio Rodriguez is kind of on one right now. But very, very early on in the season, he had three hits, three hits, two hits, three hits, two hits. Okay? Yep. And that was against mm-hmm. the Angels and the Royals. Okay? That doesn't matter. It's early on in the season. Just giving a little context there. He has not had any run remotely approaching that since he has had the ones I've given you little little three game spells and look I'm not poo-pooing a three game spell where you get two hits the problem is is that that cannot be a once every two months thing that has to be a like once a month thing or I don't know if you want to do it a couple times in a month I'd certainly take that it goes back to the point I've heard you make it before I can't remember if it was this year or if it was in years past where this is the guy who has to stir the drink he has to carry the mail Bo is as great a hitter as he is, he is more of a table setter type hitter. He is not a power guy. And that's not, I'm not saying that as a knock. Most great hitters are not power guys. Go throughout the history of the game and all the guys you think of as a great hitter, they weren't known for their power prowess. You need the yin and the yang. You need your thumpers with your guys who get on base. And Bo is doing his job and he's doing Vladdy's job because he's driving in a ton of runs too. <laughs> but you just, you need that guy. And again, like we talk about Ryan Mountcastle as this terror who just rips doubles left, right, and center. And is it a little bit, we remember it because it's against the Jays every time for sure. But Please, and I know they're not listening, but if you're a team of literally any other fan in Major League Baseball and you sit there going, oh, no, Vlad, he owns us, please let me know because I would love to love to yeah. have that be yep. thrown in my face. Um, I went back and looked up to recall when that, they, that game was against the Yankees. It was April the 13th, 2022. Mm. It was a three-homer game, actually, for Vlad. Ooh. So I, I slighted him one. How dare you? Two came off Garrett Cole. He went four for four, okay, with three homers. It's the last time he's had a multi-homer game. Wow. That's the last time he's had a multi-homer game. And at that point, at that, it was six games into the season. You would have thought, yep. oh, my God, look at this. He's building on 2021. Mm-hmm. He's picking up right where he left off. And then since then, it's just it hasn't been there. It hasn't been there consistently for him. Yes, he finished with 32 homers. I get it. But if you think about it's substance too, Gunnar. It's substance and when those moments happen. And it felt like at times you you can – Vladdy can get by with a lot of empty calories because he's just naturally talented. Mm-hmm. It's about the timing of when those moments happen. Yep. And the, the other thing, you know, we talked about this with Buck yesterday is that the thing people keep coming back to is that – and I think the questions are starting to arise of, you know, the reason people still have this supernatural faith in Vladdy is because of what he was before he was a major leaguer. Like at 16 years old, he was playing professional baseball and just ripping mm-hmm. apart low A. And then they went to New Hampshire and they won their title and he was great there and all of that. There is pedigree there. Now, the problem is, is that did he get looked at fairly because of the last name, like where there are other guys who are doing the same thing. But when you hear the, tr- when you hear the way people talk about him and the just natural hitter that he is, I think that's the, that is the thing people are hoping for is that there can be some unlocking, some going back to that. I don't know how you do that because if you're in a slump or you're struggling, I, I, I suppose there's two ways to go about it. It's you try to do everything you can or you just let it happen and kind of go limp. And it feels like he needs to go the other way almost of not trying to overthink, not trying to overcomplicate. And that doesn't mean don't have a plan up there, but it's 
you know, have one thought in your mind. Don't have 15 when you're when you're up there trying trying to hit, trying to find something. So it is incredibly frustrating. The other question I have about him, and yep. I don't know what the answer to this is, is where is the fan base perception on him? Mm. Because to say the worm has turned is far, far too strong a term. He is still, you know, and part of this is like propaganda, marketing, whatever you want to call it, right? Like he's on all the commercials. It's like my kid who doesn't know anything. <laughs> it's like he loves Vladdy. Go Vladdy, Vladdy, right? Yep. Okay. So it's like that is always going to be a thing. But with, you know, people who think about the game and watch it and care deeply, I do feel like there's been a... It's not been a boo Vladdy shift, but it's been a just like Bozar guy shift. And Vladdy is still here and would gladly be welcomed with open arms if he wants to join the party with Bo. But it does seem like until that happens, there's becoming a little bit of a separation there in terms of the way the fan base views him. There's definitely a separation that is happening, a mm-hmm. division between the two of them and Bo creating that separation in terms of the hierarchy. It's clear, like Bo is the guy, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that it's necessarily Bo driving that bus. And I say this because I think it's more about Vladdy taking a step back. Packing the bus up. Right? I think it's about him, you know, taking a step back and regressing that is causing this to occur. It's Mm -hmm. not Bo Bichette elevating his game to this absurd level. This is who Bo is. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the balance of Bo's career, whatever it is, four or five years, he is, he, this is pretty much. Identical to what he's done, which is he's a near 300 hitter, and this year he's a little bit above that. Fine, he's punching mm-hmm. slightly above that weight, but he's a 300 hitter and a guy that's going to give you 20 plus homers and can drive in runs and is a catalyst offensively. That's who Bo is. That hasn't changed. It's just a question of what is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That is what people are still trying to cipher through. Is it this guy or is there more there? That that's where the I think the division occurs. The fan base, I think, I think, will still loves this guy. I don't think there's full on, there's full on rejection or panic in terms of what he can be, mm-hmm. or this acknowledgement that he might not be what he was advertised to be. Mm-hmm. That I don't think has fully occurred just yet because there's a he's young, he's still young. We'll give him, mm-hmm. we'll give him that. He can still learn and fix things and adjust. He's only 24 years mm-hmm. old, but I think people who watch this team on a daily basis are becoming more privy to the fact that there are, I think, a lot more things wrong than we would have thought about a year or two years ago. There are more flaws that need to be ironed out than would we would have, especially at this juncture of his career, hoped would be the case. I think you were hoping for a very polished product right now, certainly given where they are at this stage of their build and the need to compete. Mm-hmm. Vladdy needs to be, and just to go back on one thing you said yeah. earlier, Vladdy needs to be the aircraft carrier of this team. There's Mm -hmm. nobody else on this team that is capable of being the aircraft carrier. He is talented enough to do that. Mm -hmm. He is. He's talented enough to be a judge, to be a Jordan Alvarez. Those are aircraft carrier guys on good, really good teams. Well, the, the Yankees have been awful this year. But that guy, that type of player is what you need to win. Freddie Freeman, et cetera, right? That's where Vlad needs to be, and he's not there right now. Yeah, and the reason, the other reason why I'm hesitant to say, like, the worm has turned or even turning is because I still think everybody is wholly ready to jump back in. Every time he yeah, has a good game, definitely. we come on here. I come on here. Everyone comes on this station and says, yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe that's what's unlocked <laughs> it. Like, we are sitting here hoping, praying to see a glimpse of the guy who got, uh, everyone says he got robbed by Shohei. He didn't get robbed. Shohei no, no. just took it because he was better. But mm-hmm. the 
you're still waiting to see that. And the, the problem is, is that, and again, it's uh, maybe it's stylistically, maybe, I mean, it's like, Hey, nothing's changed since the nineties, man. Still dig the long ball. Okay. Like there is as great as Bo is and you love watching him play short and you love the way he attacks the game. If Vladdy gets hot and has his 40, I'm not asking for a 60 bomb year. It's no. like, just have the 40 bomb season that you're kind of supposed to have. He's, He's the face of the franchise all over again. Like, sorry, Bo. It's just the way it's going to go. And that is why I think that it's like too strong to say that the worm is turning or anything like that. But there's definitely been a a shift. Like the tide is coming in is maybe a, a better way to put it than than the a full-on like flip of a switch with this Bo's team or whatever. <laughs> like we get so bogged down in this. But that's the thing I keep coming back to is that every time, every time Vladdy shows you a hint of a glimpse, like not even a glimpse, just like, Hey, I might give you a glimpse today. We're like, Oh, you might, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Like that is the thing I keep coming back to with him. You can just see the energy and relief, even within the, the, like within the team and the players in the dugout, when he does something yeah. offensively, like totally. you can tell it's palpable. Cause they, they sense a, they see it every day, how talented he is naturally. And then on top of that, they know how important he is to the overall greater good the of plan. the team. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's evident. Like everybody wants him to succeed myself included. Like I, I want to see him succeed. He's, he was, I've you're talking to a guy that stashed him for three years in fantasy <laughs> baseball before he ever stepped foot on a major league field. If you don't think I want to see this guy succeed, <laughs> you're fooling yourself. Okay. I was the biggest supporter and, and, and trumpeting him around when he had 48 homers in 2021. So I, I am chief among them that want to see him succeed. And it's just the frustration of being able to see that there is, potential there that there's more to tap into that hasn't for whatever reason yet materialized. And I, I don't know if you saw this either Gunner, but Mike Petriel had an mm-hmm. article on MLB.com. I think it was Friday or Thursday above Vlad and went through 11 different theories that could help explain why he's struggling. And there was one stat that really, really stood out to me. I thought it was, it was interesting. Vladdy is not driving the ball as far as he's done mm-hmm. in the past. Yep. Okay. So his, when he does even barrel the ball, this is just barrels, mm-hmm. okay? He's not hitting it as far as we've seen in years past. Even though the exit velo is still insanely high, the ball's not traveling. He's averaging 365 feet on barrel balls, which is the second shortest in baseball of any player. Launch and angle, then? It's the shortest of his career. On balls that he's hit with an exit velocity of 110 miles an hour or more, yeah. he's only hitting them 341 feet. It's, it's conf- like, how do you... It's it's hard to explain. I that. immediately go to launch angle on that. I well, would think. Okay, so you would think. Well, maybe he's hitting more ground balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you actually compare, if you actually compare to years past, and twenty twenty one, I think was the metric in particular. Let me pull it up here just to make sure I have it correct. His his ground ball rate was is forty seven percent this year. It was forty five percent in twenty twenty one. So it's not drastically yeah. different. So what it tells me is. When he's getting the cookies, mm-hmm. he's missing the cookies. Mm-hmm. He's doing when he is putting himself in positions where he's supposed to get that mistake and hit yep. it. He's not capitalizing on it, and it goes to the point we're seeing it. How many times you watch a game? This is where I think the eye test actually does matter too. Mm-hmm. When you watch the game and you say, "Okay, here's a leverage count for the hitter," and he's late on a fastball. Or he misses the breaking ball. He's and, late on heat yes, a lot this year. I was at it, and I I was at a game against uh, who was it? Oh my goodness! I think it was Baltimore, ironically, and during that series yeah. that they played recently, and he had an, a long at bat, mm-hmm. fouled off a bunch of pitches, and everybody's like, "Oh, what a great at bat!" And I kept thinking, 
But did you see where he kept fouling the ball off? Yeah. He knew what was coming. It was it was a fastball, 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 fastball. But he kept being late on it and kept fouling it off to the first base side. Yeah. And Buck made this point on a broadcast over the weekend. He said, that's those are pitches. He There was one where he was in a leverage count, and Buck's like, Vladdy needs to be pulling that foul, not not fouling it off. You know, I get out in front of it. Yeah, it, it, that's because you should be knowing what's coming and being ready to absolutely hammer that. Yeah, it's almost I like you're sitting off speed to, or something. Yeah, there's something wrong with the approach. It reinforces there's something off there with the approach or the mechanics that are not putting him in the best position to take advantage of the good pitches when he gets them. Yeah, there there is there's been a lot of anecdotal talk and evidence to back it up of him just kind of having trouble with real real high heat and. Um, you know, I know I'm not breaking any news to anyone in baseball here. Uh, that's kind of what you face late in games now. So if we're sitting here planning for a guy to have a big moment in a big spot, going to be tough if he can't catch up to, to what, heat. What do you see in October? Right. Smoke. Good pitching. Just smoke. That's it. And, and, and Chris and, Bassett. And what have the Jays struggled with at times this year? Good, Good pitching. pitching. I. It's the... I keep coming back to it that their pitching is good enough that there there's a world where they score like three runs in the wild card series and sweep it because their <laughs> pitching's that good. Okay. Like that's possible, but you're going to have to find a way to scratch out some mm-hmm. runs to, to, mm-hmm. you know, just get something going against these elite elite starters. All right. Uh, plenty more on the Jays. I uh, will have more on that as the show continues here. Also a uh, great get by you, Daniele, Adam Jones, uh, former MLB outfielder, of course, host of the Adam Jones podcast, former O uh, has lived a wonderful baseball life. I always think of a football life when I say that, but <laughs> has lived a wonderful baseball life. So a lot to talk about him there. Spent time in Japan, obviously a long, long time in Baltimore. Uh, curious about his thoughts for everything going on in there. Also, uh, later on in the show today, uh, Johnny Juta is going to join us, co-host the Gate 14 podcast, and as I mentioned, uh, Jason Lackamfora joining us to wrap up the show there. All right. We're going to save... Well, we have something for A-list, but I'm just going to ask you. Dealer's choice. Not dealer's choice. I'm the dealer. You pick. Do you want to do Herdman or Raps Knicks? Ooh. Uh, let's do the Raptors. Okay. Really quick. Basically, the Raptors hired a coach who was a mole inside the Knicks organization. Yep. He was giving them player reports and frequency reports. And look, like we all, we all can make the jokes of like, oh, what? He needed to tell them the Knicks are going to run a bunch of ISO. Okay. <laughs> like I, I know, but let's be real here. These are real things that matter. The paper trail is what will always kill you on these things. If I'm interviewing someone for a job, my first questions are, what is your role? What do you do there? And what's going on there? What can you tell me about how practices go on there? Especially if you're in a competitive business, that is the most natural thing in the world to do. But obviously you cannot send physical, or I guess it wouldn't be physical, but digital copies of team game plans and reports and things like that. If that's what comes to fruition, I imagine they get dinged super hefty fine, probably draft pick. I would think because you do want to get ahead of this, but I need to hammer home. This is that, how dare someone in the NBA talk to a respective team before their contract is up? Honestly, disgusting. How dare the Raptors breach that line that has never, ever been crossed in the NBA before by players or teams ever. Yeah, yeah we, we don't have players trying to just no. uh, casually force their way out of situations Damian all the time. Damian Lillard is actively not contract. trying to go to Miami yeah, right yeah, now. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. James Harden's not trying to actively go to the LA Clippers. Wild. Are you kidding me? That would be that would be absurd. Um Yes. So I, (laughs) that, that stuff is always fascinating to me. And it's funny because of the double standard that we see every day in the NBA, which is, it just seems like the wild west these days, that league. And, uh, 
I, I, I was just, I was dumbfounded by this because I was thinking, okay, so all you need to do, if you really wanted to just say, all right, can you, again, tell us, you know, what percentage of plays they run that are pick and roll and ISO and this, that. All you have to do is when you get the guy in, tell him to write it on the whiteboard yeah. and just be like, 60% ISO. Honestly. <laughs> or, or, or it's just the same as when you hire a coach and you're like, okay, so what did you guys run with uh, Sacramento? We'd like to run it. Can mm-hmm. you draw it up for it? There's, there's no difference. Yeah. And you're not stealing, quote unquote, stealing anything, yeah. but that's part of what happens. So this paper trail seems a little bit unnecessary to go really this does. to this extreme. The fact Darko is involved Hilarious. in his third, he, fourth he month on the job. plaintiff in the lawsuit. It's, it's wild. And, but of all teams, the New York Knicks, you could not James Dolan's team. I'm going to, I'm going to remove it from the NBA. Let's go all, all North American sport. Like, is there, is there a funnier one than this? Like, I really like, are the Knicks not the preeminent (laughs) tire fire because there are other organizations. Washington commanders when Dan Schneider was no longer. We talked about it. They got old golf shirt wearing Harris in there giving Joe Buck hand massages on Monday night football. So I'm honestly, I'm trying to think, is there a bigger, like there are teams that are just, they never win anything, but we don't think about them. Right. Like I, I mentioned this to you, like five years ago, maybe the Kings would have been this team, yep. but the Kings know what's going on. Like the beam baby. It's a different era there. Now the Arizona coyotes, the coyotes. There it is. You nailed it. That's the one. I think that's probably like the, one. The, yeah. the, the Leafs interview a guy from there and it's like, we're going to wear matching suits to the draft. That's our big move. Like, get out. You're, you lost the job. I don't like that idea. It is dumb. I did not like Just that. that That's good. The, I saw the Knicks. I was like, oh, God. It couldn't have been. Let it be the Warriors, oh, the you, Nuggets. Wouldn't you love that? Come on. Like they have a, Maybe now. they'd have conspired to get Jamal Murray to play for Canada. Oh, boy. That would have been, been nice. fun. Now, I will say, this is a great I know he's not going to like me saying this because I, I pray this doesn't get used in the lawsuit against him, uh, presuming he's named, which I assume he would be. This is another awesome feather in the cap of Masai Ujiri. Like, what do we always talk about this guy? I don't is think like, he was named, by the way. He wasn't named? I do not okay. think he was involved. Okay. We'll double check that and uh, so we don't have any libel uh, on this hour of the podcast. We'll get it back to you in the, in the back half. <laughs> but the imp- what do we always talk about him when he was on his, like, ascent as this great exec? He's cagey. You never know what's going on. What do we say about great GMs across all sports? Like, Lou Lamorello, it's like, eh, he's got his ways, man. Don't ask any line. questions. It's private. <laughs> That's a story for another. That might be an A-list story by the end of the it's week. No one. one's ever heard it. But that's... That's a badge of honor for everybody in sport. And, you know, I, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying Masai Ujiri gave the order here or anything like that. But if he was okay with somebody else giving the order, it's just, this is, it's, it's the old, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Like the Astros, it's a problem. It went too far. We deem that to be a problem. If, I don't know. I'm curious to see what the reaction of this will be. I think most people are just focusing on it's the Knicks and go, huh, it doesn't matter. If they stole information from the Knicks, I'm going to go steal stuff from my kids' little league, and we're both going to be in the exact same place. But it does kind of put, like, how do you feel about that? The idea okay, that so it gives them a little feather. Can I, Yeah, I, I like that. But can I, can I be honest about yeah. this stuff? There are certain sports where I think this really does matter. Football, probably chief among them oh, because, of, because of, of the of way course. football is played and how analytically driven it is and how it's playbooks. And, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all, it's all, it's weird because we see it and we watch football, for example, but it's such a stop and go game and almost all the formations and tendencies you can pick up on yeah. when you know what the other team is doing. Exactly. So it's huge. Basketball is one of these sports where I got to be honest, Gunner. <laughs> 
It's oh, is Jalen Brunson going to get the ball? It's not that. It's <laughs> not that complex. Like you want to scout? Well, it's I, like, I, you want to scout I, inbound I, plays? I, these types totally, of things, right? Totally. But but I, look, I've you can watch film. Like what they're getting from the Knicks from right. this guy who's named, and I, we should even mention his name, Ek Azatam. Mm-hmm. Okay, who was involved in their video department. This guy, whatever they gave him, propi- proprietary mm-hmm. information. You can honestly probably decipher from watching a Knicks game or several Knicks yeah, games. A and and just just sit there. I've done it for low I've done it mm-hmm. for high school games where you watch you say, Oh, well, this team likes to in this situation they like to do this. Mm-hmm. Or oh, they on made baskets, this is how they like to press. Or this is what they do for their baseline out of bounds. Yep. And he, like there are ways to do it. It's not overly complicated compared to other sports where I can see this being a more prominent issue. That's why I'm I'm really confused by this. I don't see to a, a large degree what the whole incentive is. What the greater incentive is, especially when it's the New York Knicks of all teams. It just that's that's the thing. Like it, it's I feel like we can let's just dumb it down sometimes, you know? <laughs> don't overcomplicate it and NBA teams have a tendency in this day and age oh, yeah. to overcomplicate things. This is a prime example of that. Well, you got like two rows of guys who aren't on the bench it's, as assistants. They got to have something. To Gunner, do, right? It's ludicrous. <laughs> it is ludicrous. I got. I. I cannot. I, I'm. I was. I got to see Kentucky here yeah. in, in Toronto too, and I'm looking at their bench, and I'm like, "What do you do? <laughs> like, what are you all doing?" I just. I didn't. It's so hard for me to comprehend. I get this guy does workouts, yeah, player course, development, right. yeah. all this, but how much I, is there I to know. do? I know. How much? You're coaching a basketball team. Coach the players, coach the team. Oh, I mean, I come on. You go look at the I, like I I see it all the time with the Leafs, right? Of the there, I think there are three different boxes like in the gondola for personnel of like whether this be players, coaches, video, management. It's just like yeah, it's a lot of bodies involved, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a lot. Now the last question I have for you on this: How would Coach Daniele deal with a mole? Team. Oh, man. We can't discuss that oh, publicly. Okay. <laughs> Don't ask any questions. Don't ask any questions. What is Swamp Kings and why am I so excited? I'll tell you next. A-list coming up on the Fan Morning Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, it's time for hey, the A-List. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. What's up, baby? Bing bong. Pretty fitting today. Not what we're going to talk about. Bing bong with the Knicks, of course, though. Brent. Front and center. Yeah. Might have to change that. Actually, no, embrace it. Embrace more. it. That's Definitely. true. Yes. What else can we A-list, steal from him? It's now relevant again. Yeah, what else can we steal from him? What's Spike doing? Can we get him <laughs> courtside? Bing bong. Yeah. Can we take him and bring him courtside? Join join the super fan on the baseline. Oh, I mean, let Come me tell on. you. Let me tell you. I feel like Spike and Nav would get along just oh, fine. Of course, I Nav, gotta say. Nav getting along with anybody. I gotta say that guy. With him, so have you ever when you see him at events, yep. and I've seen him at the occasional event here and there. Yeah, he yeah. was at the 
at the uh, Global Jam thing, too, and mm -hmm. he just walks in a room, and he, everybody just gravitates towards him, commands attention. Even people, as I'm like, he probably never met this guy before, and he's out there having a full-on conversation. Yeah. And I'm like, how is that? I wish I had that, that so, skill. So the one time I, like, ran into him or whatever was at the Consmite dinner. It's, like, an awesome charity dinner they do for Easter Seals, like, really good charity event. And it's, like, it is I mean, I was there, but other than me, it is nothing but heavy hitters in that room oh. for the most part, right? Like you have Hall of Famers, Stanley Cup champs, NBA champs, Super Bowl champs, and it's like not Batia top five most popular guy <laughs> yes. in that room for people taking <laughs> selfies with him. So yeah, absolute legend. Get it's a like little pinball. Well, pinball that, walks in and, and it's the same thing. That Shaq, right? Shaq's guy. Like Shaq loves Nav yeah, from, uh, from when he plays. Yeah. So uh, that's awesome there. Uh, what I love is Swamp Kings. Oh, now, Swamp Kings. Swamp Kings is, you You have to tell me, because I, I catch up to these things late. Is it out yet? So it's out as of today. As of so today. So I believe as of this morning it would have been live, but Hot today's nap. the launch day. Hot nap launch oh. for me today. Yeah, today's the official launch day. It's part of the Untold series yep. that Netflix is doing, and of course that was the, the, the talk of the town last week was Johnny Manziel, mm -hmm. so this is the latest. It's a four-parter, Gunner. Four-parter, they're about 45-minute episodes yes. each, okay? And I think to do it justice, because I, I got to tell you, I got all hot and bothered mm -hmm. and, and fired up when I heard the trailer for this thing. Yes. So let's roll the trailer. Ooh. College football in the South is way bigger than professional sports. When you come to Florida, football is the world here. Everything is winner or loser. Anything less than winning the national title, you're a failure. One, two, three, go Florida was not winning. The feeling was that getting Urban Meyer, Florida could restore what they had lost. I needed to build this team. Urban said, I'm going to treat my superstars like superstars, and I'm going to treat my shit like shit. They was training like we was going to Iraq. It was unmerciful. Our front seven, they didn't try to hit you. They tried to hurt you. And we were the number one team in the country. They walk around like the kings of campus, and that took over. Called it Gaines Vegas. In Gaines Vegas, we party. It's just too much temptation. Another Florida Gator has been arrested. We never got police reports. It ended up just getting fixed. You had never seen a team that was undefeated be so miserable. People do not know what it's like to give so much to something. That it's everything. How many people do you think Urban Meyer had on his payroll? <laughs> Just a couple. Uh, a couple less than he had in Jacksonville. I'll tell you That's that much. That's true. I'll tell you yeah, that much. Yeah, it wasn't enough to erase the picture. No, it wasn't. That, that's for sure. No, it wasn't. I cannot wait for that. I'll definitely be checking that out this week. Uh, Super that pumped is, about that. It's electric. Uh, that being, that following up the earlier in the deck or earlier in the century Miami hurricane stuff. It's yeah. just like football in Florida from 2000 to, I don't know, 2012, 2015. Nuts. I don't know if they've done it yet, but USC has to be. Oh, on the of course, list of Bush series. and Lionheart. Yeah, yeah the game be. against Young. Come on, give Pete it to Carroll. Me. That's got to be in there with Snoop and all these celebrities all right. that we're walking Request. through. Request would like. I That'd would also. Fun. I would also like to talk to Adam Jones. So let's do that next. First hour in the books here. Fan morning show on Sportsnet 59 of the fan.